Ahoy authors! You're listening to the Writership Podcast, a show focused on helping indie authors master self-editing skills. So come aboard and get ready to find the treasure in your manuscript with hosts Leslie Watts and Alyssa Archer. Welcome to episode 47 of the Writership Podcast. I'm Leslie Watts. And I'm Alyssa Archer. Hey, Leslie. Hey, Alyssa. <laughs> it's nice to hear your voice. I I know. we got we, So we did this really cool thing this week, and I know that Leslie wants to talk about it, so I'm going to turn the turn the ball over to you yeah so uh we um we asked a few people for some feedback uh about the podcast about writership generally and it's such a rich experience that i i highly recommend it um find you know find the people that you who follow you and love you and find out why they love you and find out what you can do better um we had some really great feedback and one person um suggested that we um, share more of ourselves in the beginning so that it doesn't sound of the podcast so it doesn't sound like a phone call um, that you're overhearing Uh, so we're kind of working on that and uh, and some other stuff really cool suggestions that we are excited about um, sharing with you in the future yeah it was really um, gratifying and we're really grateful for the experience Quite cool. Yeah, I love our people. <laughs> so, speaking of loving our people, um, I wanted to mention that our book, Break the Block, which is uh, 117 exercises to exorcise <laughs> your writer's block. Anytime that you're feeling stuck on a project or with your writing life or frustrated with yourself, this is a good book to turn to. And it will be free as an ebook on Amazon.com on January 30th and 31st. I believe that's Saturday and Sunday. So please, if you're interested, do pick up a copy of Break the Block. Yeah. It's a really excellent little book. If we do say so ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I can say it. <laughs> I said it. <laughs> <laughs> you did. Um, yeah, and I wanted to talk about my project. I've mentioned it a few times, um, just more or less in passing, uh, and I introduced it once. But I have, I'm working on a novel, and I was struggling with, um, with devoting time to it, and my mastermind group suggested that I write that I do a blog so that I have some public accountability um, about my progress with it. And so I've been doing this since um, that. Well, I've been writing posts since uh, the very end of September, and I'm up to I think one day 119 since then. And um, so there's a whole bunch of posts at writership.org slash Leslie dash writes. And that's where I'm posting about my, um, yeah, my progress on that. And if you're um, struggling with ways to um, remain accountable when everything else in the world feels um, loud and urgent, um, this isn't one good way. And feel free to uh, jump in and share your progress on your own projects there. I think it's really awesome. And every time that I I stop in every few weeks and catch up, and every time I do, I feel really inspired. It's um, 
That's definitely worth checking out. And we will, again, put the link to that in our show notes. Yay. Yeah. So, and there's one other, there's an exciting piece of new furniture that I think you want to talk about. Oh, yeah. So um, I lament how much time I sit on my little ass. <laughs> Occupational hazard. <laughs> I know. I'm just so, I'm so sedentary. And so I started thinking, well, maybe I'll get a stand-up desk or maybe I'll get a treadmill desk. And I started shopping for a, a treadmill desk and they're bloody expensive. Mm-hmm. And then I saw these, um, what I'm calling exercycles. Um, so I got, I ended up with a fit desk 2.0 and, um, I'm loving it. It's like I can pedal while I'm working and my laptop fits on the desk and it's got this massage bar that I can use to loosen up the muscles in my forearms and it's you know I'm still adjusting to it I can't Mm -hmm. be on it all day long but Mm -hmm. um, it's quite awesome so if you're struggling to get in your thousand steps like I have been consider something like that it's pretty reasonable that's cool Yeah, yeah I think so think so and they even make like little under desk models if you're stuck in a cubicle that are just um ellipticals for your feet so it's got a much smaller footprint than something like a extra bicycle or a cycle desk well that's cool yeah awesome yeah all All good things all good things yeah, I've got other, uh, my writing is going, this week has been rather social, so I will admit that my my writing has slowed. And in part, I think it's because I'm still at that part where my subconscious brain is figuring out the plot for me. Mm-hmm. And so once it unlocks that treasure chest, I'll be on another writing race. I think I'm more of a burster than an everyday writer. It's so uh, good to know. <laughs> True. You know? True. And, um, yeah, I've got an exciting co-writing project coming up, and I'm not going to say any more than that, but um, (laughs) putting out a whole whole bunch more stories. Very nice. All right. We're going to just wrap up that part. (laughs) I'm still working on transitions here. Um, And uh, the writership podcast as you've probably heard is brought to you by the folks at author marketing club it's a community of over twenty-seven thousand authors who learn about how to market and sell their books and they have a new product so if you are an author who sells on amazon do you find those kindle reports to be lacking and hard to understand if so you'll probably want to try amc's latest free tool called K reports. K reports makes your Amazon KDP reports look beautiful with the click of a button. Try it today at www.k-reports.com. And we are so glad that you've tuned in to the Writership Podcast. With this podcast, we want to help you edit your way into a great book. If you'd like to find out more about Writership or about us, you can find us on the web at writership.org. And Leslie, let's get started with the quote of the week. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Do you want to read it this time? Okay, sure. I'll read it this time. <laughs> okay. It's this one. This quote is from Emma Darwin. And 
It's one of the apparently simple but huge decisions you have to make right at the beginning. Will your main narrative be in the past tense or present tense? It is always possible to change your mind later, but it can be anything between a nuisance and a nightmare. And that is from Emma Darwin again. That is rather timely and quite true. Yeah. I um, I have had stories where I decided to write them in present tense after having written them in past tense. Mm-hmm. And boy, is that a bear to change. Yeah. It's it's some serious detail work to yeah. get in there and, and several, get them Several read-throughs before you turn it over to somebody else who you tell specifically to look for that. Mm-hmm. And who's quite good at finding those things. Right, right. But it may be a worthwhile change. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely something worth looking at, as um, we will see. <laughs> Yeah, so let's dive in. So today's submission is from a novel called The Hipster Who Leapt Through Time, which at the time of submission was unpublished but coming soon, so it may now be published. Um, And this comes from the opening chapter, and this is by Luke Condor. Again, The Hipster Who Leapt Through Time. Thank you, Luke, for submitting this to our podcast. Five. The lights are on. A wash of yellow heat directed at Nisha, bringing out the makeup she'd been plastered in by the makeup team. Just enough to cover the bags beneath her eyes, just enough to hang, hide the hangover. Four. The auto cue was ready. A square of words to feed into her brain to take the thinking out of the equation. Three. The guest to her left was nervous, beads of sweat running down his forehead, loosening his shirt collar, coughing into his hand. Two, a drop leapt from the guest's chin, landed on the slide of skin beneath his throat and disappeared into the black hole of his open collar. One. Her stomach wrenched at the thought of the salty fluids finding the man's chest hair, surely a balmy forest of dark and gray. She winced, looked off camera, forced her mind to something else. The thought of the red wine she drank the night before came to her mind and she hiccuped. She needed to stop everything. Just hold on. Give herself some fresh air. Just just a quick breather. Too late. It's go time. Hello, you're watching the Good Morning TV show with me, Nisha Badia. She ran on autopilot. The words fell from her mouth as easy as alcohol found its way in. She smiled, all pearly whites, cheeks to the ceiling, and made sure to look at the right camera. Easy. The red light marked the spot. Welcome back. I hope you had a chance to grab a cup of tea and a bit of brekkie in the last segment we got to meet barry and his dog susan the record-breaking great dane the biggest dog in the country none of her own words all from the auto cue can i just say somebody should talk to that dog she was backstage demanding treats you could say she was being a big 
you know what? That last bit wasn't on the auto cue. Improv. Not her strong point. She laughed at her own joke anyway. She couldn't just leave it hanging. She saw the 20-plus crew members hiding behind the wall of equipment, dancing in the darkness, never smiling, always working. If she did catch a smile from one of the crew members, it was likely to be a smile at her expense for saying something stupid on air. She looked over to her guest, the thuggish man who'd killed people in the desert and wrote a book about it because it made him feel bad. She laughed a little louder until he joined in with his own faux chuckle. And now I'm joined by my guest, soldier, writer, warrior, Alan Whitman. She turned to him. How are you doing today, Alan? Nisha forced her eyes to stay on his, but she found her focus dropping to the sweaty open collar again. She tried to stop to keep on the blue circles of his eyes, wondering even a millimeter would look huge on the camera. The hundreds of viewers drinking their tea, eating their toast, would look at her wandering eyes and think she were aloof or disinterested, which is a big no-no for daytime TV presenting. I'm good. Thank you, Nisha, he said. A little too quiet, but it was okay. It would be one of the heartfelt interviews rather than the loud and bubbly ones. She lifted her knee and wrapped her hands around, interlocking her fingers, a posture she'd found to make guests feel relaxed, at home, easy peasy. The idea was to make the guest forget about the camera, to forget that the footage was being broadcast to millions of British people. Hell, there was even the internet now. They could say something stupid, end up remixed and auto-tuned. They could go viral. He nervously coughed into his hand and his eyes darted from one side of the room to the other. All things considering, he finally added. That's right, Nisha said, trying to match his somber tone. Because you've not had a good time of it recently, have you, Alan? No, I have not, to be honest, he said, shaking his head like a child who'd had a bad day at school. There was almost an awkward silence before, go on, she said, willing him onwards. So I'm a soldier, served in Iraq. She nodded, leaned in closer. She could smell the oily mist of sweat that surrounded him, a salty aura. She tried to hide her disgust. She had to show concern when it was due, happiness when it was due. She was a puppet. The producers of the show had the hands inside her, her operators. And I saw things, action, killing, horrible, dreadful things that no one should ever have to see in their lives. Mmm, mmm, she said, nodding harder. In the fake window behind her, they had a backdrop of the River Thames, the big wheel, the London Eye, in plain sight. She wondered if she'd ever go on it. It was still a picture. It was a still picture, but the wheel seemed to be spinning on its axis, slowly, but moving for sure. Yes, well, he wiped the sweat from his brow. There are times now when I wake up from my nightmares and... These nightmares are so bad, I often wake up and the bed is saturated. There was a moment of silence, uncomfortably long, until 
Saturated, she said, lost in the conversation. With sweat? Alan shook his head. He was confused, reddening, maybe even embarrassed. Go on, she said, watching the wheel spin in her peripheral vision. So I, with the help of my family, wrote a book which documents my experiences, the horror of it all, the killing. Alan's voice trailed off. In the distance, she heard a faint whine, quiet at first, but building. She felt off kilter, more than the hangover. Her balance was off, like the world's gravity was rotating around her head, pulling her downwards towards an ever-moving floor. She could see Alan, suit and sweat, and she could see the cameras, the crew, even the backdrop of London, but it was all too distant. The wheel shouldn't be moving. It didn't make sense to her. The planet spun with increasing intensity, and she couldn't make sense of it. She just needed to lie down. If she could just lie down for a second. Please. If she could please just fucking lie down. And that brings us to the end of our submission. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a little something there. Uh, tickle in my throat. Um, I I really like this beginning. The um, I like the way that we're kind of slowly dropped into the scene um, with the counting down sequence. I thought that was really effective. Um, a nice and a nice fit given the given the setting of a a show. Um, and I think that the the we get a we're experiencing Nisha's discomfort rather than the um rather than just hearing about it. We can you know, we're like experiencing it from inside Nisha, which is really, really good. The sensations, the details that she notices, her interpretation of how the crew members feel about her, all of these things um are are ways of um helping us to connect to someone who on the surface perhaps isn't as likable as the average person. Um, and that was one thing I, um, I wanted to talk about is, and we've talked about before, is um, your, your characters, your main characters don't, do not have to be likable, but they need to be relatable in some way. Um, and so for me, the, um, the Nisha isn't probably isn't someone that I would enjoy hanging out with necessarily based on this small snapshot of her, but I could relate to her because I've been in situations where I've been distracted and trying to, um, trying to accomplish something. So I, I thought that was really well done. I agree with you. I agree with you. I don't have much to add. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Um, one other thing I really liked that I wanted to point out is the um, the spinning of the London Eye in the background on the, you know, on the wall um, or on the, the fake mirror the fake window, excuse me. Um, 
And and how that mirrored her experience, I thought that was really a lovely. I don't know if it was intentional or not. You can't always tell, but um, but I liked that um, the mirroring of that experience, and um, and the visual of the London Eye spinning. Um, and though those are my main comments, but I know Alyssa, you have something, and I we're gonna uh, we're not gonna fight about it, of course. But we're gonna <laughs> discuss. We're gonna get into it. <laughs> we're gonna get into it because I'm not sure I agree with you on this. So, um, so yeah, I'm gonna yeah, turn so it over to you. Talk to a, me. <laughs> from a general copywriting perspective, there were a couple things that. Um, this author can watch for and those are echoes we've mentioned those before but it's worth mentioning again I find them in my own writing all the time um, and these are um, inadvertent or perhaps deliberate um, repetitions of words like uh, in the first paragraph we have bringing out the makeup she'd been plastered in by the makeup team and so that repetition of makeup is grows heavy. Uh, it's I would edit to take away one of those. Um, so just again something to look for. And then when you're very careful about those inadvertent echoes, it buys you the ability to once in a while deliberately use an echo for effect. And then I would look at, there are a few places where both Leslie and I pointed out verbs could be stronger. So I would definitely take a look at those to be verbs, especially, Mm -hmm. and see where they can be strengthened or improved. To be, to have. Yeah. Or even um, a lot of times, not necessarily in this one, but like there's look and like and verbs having to do with movement like walk which are you know like totally legitimate words obviously but you can um kick things up a notch and make things more interesting and convey things with more um with stronger verbs yes (laughs) ma'am okay so our our um point of contention as it were i um saw several clues in this where I thought um, this author, I think it's Luke, right? Mm -hmm. I thought Luke um, was leaning toward present tense. And I thought the present tense would work especially well for this. And so the copy editing that I did is very, um, is intended to take this to present tense. And so as we mentioned earlier about the quote, I probably missed some places and I, Leslie, hopefully you caught some um, that I missed. But I think, you know, oh, we haven't read the whole piece, so we don't know if it would work for the entire novel. It may not. There may be a good reason for this to be told in, in simple past tense. Um, and so if I've taken it the wrong direction, my bad. Um but I think it's really interesting and it's interesting to play with for just five pages, even if it doesn't work for the entire novel. And obviously if it doesn't work for the entire novel, you wouldn't want to put this in as present tense and then have the rest of the novel be in past tense. But your thoughts on this, Leslie? Yeah. So I feel like the author here um, does a good job of pulling us into the experience of the, uh, of the novel without, um, necessarily needing the 
the switch to present tense. I feel that um, that we're yeah that we're the you know the, I mean the the benefits of present tense are um, that you know you're it's more immediate, um, but the limitation is that is um, in pacing and um, showing the passage of time and uh, and things of that sort that I um, I think could be hampered in a in a fantasy novel, um, especially. Um, and for this, yeah, I, I didn't feel like I would, uh, based on this short uh, sample, I wouldn't just go ahead and say, re- and recommend, like I couldn't, it, I would need to know what happens after, what's the, what happens in the balance of the novel to see if that makes, really makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think I take part of my cue from the, and again, I'm not recommending this carte blanche, but I'm taking part of my cue from the title, right? The hipster who leapt through time. So I'm assuming that Nisha is our hipster, our requisite hipster, as indicated in the title, and that we're going to be going to a new place where she's having new experiences and um, experiencing that through her eyes, that immediacy and the richness of that detail could be pretty gosh darn cool. Mm-hmm. That's my argument. Yeah, yeah, I totally get that, and um, and there's a few places where I feel like it doesn't completely work. There's, um, you know, like um, she, so she ran on autopilot would be, you know, running or runs. I think, I think, and I don't have my. I'm like. I'm reaching for something here um, that that it's 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 going to be hard to convey the things that um, things that things that just happened versus things that happened further in the past and um, and making use of all of the you know the full spectrum that there's some especially when you're you're dealing with time um that she's going to have some weird possibly some weird contortions when she depending on whether she's leaping forward or leaping back in time that where she'll be talking about the future but or talking about the past and I just think it could be tricky so it's one thing that you know you would really want to consider what's coming you know in the rest of the story which I'm super duper curious about um and uh yeah so i mean i would before as i said i'm just gonna repeat myself (laughs) so i don't want i'm not gonna repeat myself um but i think um i would yeah i would hesitate before recommending it because it is such a big change and um may or may not serve the story it is a big change it's a big change but if it's the right change, then you want to go ahead and and do it. I will say that, you know, for sure that I, that I wouldn't be afraid of a big change or making, you know, doing making a big edit, um, just because it's going to be hard work because you want to serve your story as best you can for sure. Yeah, I think that this one is definitely worth playing with. That's I'll leave it at that. 
I'll leave it at that. Anyway, it's engaging. The premise was engaging. The pacing was nice. I would definitely have kept reading. I've continued to read. Yeah, I'm I'm eager to know what happens to her. Uh, if she could just lie down. Oh my gosh. I think that, um, that last sentence was, did more to build, um, uh, sympathy <laughs> for, in me than, than anything else. Just that, I, haven't we all had that feeling? Oh, if I could just lie down, please. Oh, goodness. <laughs> right, right. And most then, of us are not on camera. <laughs> Right, right. I mean, that's like, yes, 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 yes. And you get the feeling that she can't, if she makes a mistake, you know, like her career is done. So the stakes are pretty high for her. Anyway, I'm wandering all over the place. Oh, um, it's good. I, but I, I like it. Because we didn't really talk about much of that. And it's it's true. And there, there are these like threatening um, indications that she feels a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, all of which is to say this is a this is a lovely hook, and uh, I too would keep reading. Excellent. Well, thank you again, Luke. We appreciate it. Yes. And I'm um, Leslie. I'm just hopeful that you have the editorial mission this week. Yeah, I actually I've got it right here in my pocket. Awesome. Um, <laughs> the and. Uh, We've talked a lot about tents, so I'm going to suggest this week that you check your tents. So take a look at how it's playing out in your story um, and how it's working. I want you to look at your key scenes. So your opening, um, the you know, darkest moment, perhaps the midpoint. Just look at a at you know one or two of those key scenes and experiment with the tense. Rewrite it so that it's in the past if you're working in present and in the present if you're working in the past tense. Um, and see how it changed the story or how it's conveyed. Uh, if you like what you see, then I would suggest experimenting with a couple more scenes. Don't like go whole hog. I'm <laughs> feeling a little conservative on your behalf. Um, don't go whole hog and uh, and change everything, but just experiment with a couple more scenes and see, is it still working? And, um, and if you're, after your initial experiment, you are not, um, you are feeling underwhelmed about the changes, then you have validation for your original choice, and that's a good thing to have too. So let us know how this goes. You can leave us a comment at the bottom of the show notes or drop us a line at captainsblog at writership.org. Yes, please do. I'm curious to see if anybody takes us up on this one. Yeah. And I would um, I would say this is a great time for multiple files multiple copies of, oh, your, yes. of your files. Yes. Yeah. Story name dash past tense. <laughs> and another little PSA here. Uh -huh. Back up your work. If you are not um, using something like Dropbox, then you know at the very least, email it to yourself through something like Gmail so that you know that that is housed on some server somewhere else other than just your hard drive. It's one thing to take a CD copy, but if your house burns down holding the CD copies, then oh, it's no yeah. good. Yeah, this is a really excellent point on the Author Strong podcast. Um, Matt Morris was talking about how he had a data problem. Um, 
back, I think it was in December. Um, and it wasn't horrific. It wasn't like a, you know, it wasn't devastating, but it did get him thinking about how am I backing up all of my systems and things. So you raise an excellent point, Alyssa. Thank you. Um, as we close out our show today, we'd like you to remember that the Writership Podcast is brought to you by the folks at Author Marketing Club. If you want to get more out of your Amazon KDP author reports, try AMC's latest tool, K-Reports, at www.k-reports.com. All right. And if writing a novel, if you're, excuse me, I'm stumbling all over the place today. So if you're wanting to write a new novel and you don't know where to begin, say maybe you just started listening to our podcast, we suggest you check out Writership Anchor One Dreamtime. This is a 90-day exploratory exploratory journey that helps you consider all the things you need to think about before you write chapter one. It's available today in print and ebook versions from amazon.com. And I think that's it for today. We will see you next time on the Writership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Writership Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing the show with your author friends and communities. And right after you do that, make sure to contact the hosts, Leslie and Alyssa, to help you find the treasure in your manuscript. Head on over to writership.org forward slash podcast to submit your pages.